and gentlemen, welcome to Whatever He Show, episode 31. Uh, this week we've got a special guest. Uh, hello, this is Sam. Normally Bryce is here, but his older brother is filling in today. Yeah. And Bryce gets lost easily. Um, what are we talking about this week? Oh, that's right. Only I can see the show notes right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that's a good question. Why so, don't you tell us? Um, we're talking about how great I know, uh, how great I am. Um, we're talking about Legends of Tomorrow. We've got more news from The Flash. We've got stuff of, like uh, the Captain America Civil War trailer. Final trailer. You might have seen yes. that one. Maybe, Maybe a little character that uh, a couple people might know about it. Or hey, guys. That. Yeah. Underoos, I believe his name is. Yeah, his yeah. name is under Captain Underoos. Cap- Captain yeah. Underoos sounds right. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna talk about some comics too. We got some saga news. We got some Spawn news. We're keep reading on that. So, um, yeah. 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 Legends of tomorrow. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what did you think of this this week? Um. Not their not their strongest work. Uh, that's fair. I agree. Uh, the only actually, and I'm gonna. I'm, this is gonna be really harsh, actually. But the only piece of this this episode that I actually even really liked. Um, well, there's two because Casper Crump is always badass. Yeah. There's there's nothing that he does wrong, and as as far as portraying he, Vandal Savage, so. I I do like him as well. Like um, he he's perfectly like the only thing that he did wrong in this episode is that anybody bought that shit for a second that he's like some like Susie Homemaker's wife, husband yeah. type sort of thing. Yeah. Like he's like he he looks like uh um just like he goes home and eats babies. Like there's no pulling yeah. that off. Yeah. Um but the uh, like structurally wise as far as the show is concerned like the only piece of this episode that I really even enjoyed was the uh fallout after the uh final confrontation between uh, Heatwave and uh, Captain Cold that happened at the end of the previous week's episode. Yeah, I'm glad they did that too because I thought that um, obviously it had to get discussed on the show. But I, I like the way that they did that. Yeah, the uh, the whole plot was kind of weak. So they end up back in the 50s in this uh, shitty little town in um, Oregon, undisclosed, and I don't think it exists, does it? Something falls, rainbow falls, or something shitty like that. Yeah, it sounds it's like cliche falls essentially. Um, and uh, they end up back in the past, and they've got to investigate. Well, what ends up happening is they have to investigate these mysterious deaths. Uh, um, and, of course, they find out that uh, Vandal Savage is living in the town, uh, yeah. essentially. So, um, Ray and... Uh, help me with the name. I'll never get these ones. Who? Ray and the girl. Kendra. Uh, Kendra. Ray and Kendra, thanks. I was going to say, like, Kara, but that's not even the right show. Fuck. Uh Ray and Kendra end up having to like move in together and fake being this uh, husband and wife so that they can um, track down Savage a little bit better, which, you know. Yeah, I have big issues with this because um, this is supposed to take place in 1958 and Oregon in the 50s was not uh, black friendly in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Like segregation was still going on at this point. So like the fact that this was supposed to be an interracial marriage and these people were living together. There would have been a cross burning on their lawn before dinner that night. Yeah, they they touched on that a little bit, but like not nearly. Like I think that not. I don't want to say whitewashing, but a little bit. You know, like if they were really going to be, you know, fifties era Oregon. Yeah, there was also Somebody there was also lynched. the fact that Jacks the black kid is in the malt shop with his white friends, and that that wasn't going to fly back then either. So what what struck me about that as being funny is that the white kids, you know, that you could tell they wanted to beat the hell out of him because he's black because, you know, that's what you do in the 50s. Um, but the shop owner stopped him. Yeah. 
And I was like, no, dude, it's Oregon in the 50s. The shop owner would have been like, here's some bats. You know, take this bottle and smash it over his head. You know, Well, perhaps he wanted to hire him at extremely low wages. That could be true, too. Sam's Sam's really quiet because he doesn't watch the show. So Yeah, I just get the idea that it is a, uh, shall we say, Quantum Leap type show. No. No? Not, not necessarily. So it does take place in different time periods. Um, this is for Sam's benefit as well as anybody who's listening for the first time that doesn't listen to our bullshit all the time anyway. Um, Legends of Tomorrow is actually a group of characters that were pulled from the other two uh, DC shows on the CW, Arrow and The Flash, as well as adding in um, Rip Hunter. For sure. Um, to it. And basically, um, Vandal Savage in the future has taken over the entire world, killed Rip Hunter's family. Yep. You you, you can put the Buzz Lightyear Barbie down, Sam. And... Um, his his whole thing is they're trying to defeat Vandal Savage, and so they just hop around to different time periods where they know that Savage has been and try and then fail to kill him. And oh. and it usually happens like there's usually like two episode story arcs is kind of how it works out. It's not like mm-hmm. that's not like clockwork. Like this week's episode was a one one off. Yeah. Um. With with just bare barely tying the next episode in with a little Kronos thing at the end. Yeah. Um. Y- okay. So the other thing that. Uh, this is sort of annoying about any time travel show, but you know what they should do? They should go back in time, like say a hundred years and then just shoot him from the fucking wave rider. Just like sniper his ass from like a hundred yards away. Like Ray's got to have some cool Palmer tech laser shit that he can shoot him with. Just shoot him right in the fucking face. Here's the deal. This sounds really cold, but they know what era he's from. Like he's from the same time period as Kendra was. Take the wave rider back there. Give the knife to Kendra. Have him stab the fucking kid when he's a baby. See why not? Like, <laughs> that okay stabbing him with yeah, a baby the, that's the, a valid like, like, like stabbing as a baby i mean that's the whole would if you could go back in time would you kill hitler question right well i mean i mean yeah, yeah. why is that a conundrum i don't understand <laughs> i didn't say I the didn't conundrum mean to say is conundrum. Has, has somebody already tried and failed there's yeah. that too um so anyway but yeah like that that's maybe the one thing that annoys me a little bit about this uh like especially when they they know savage um is there and savage don't doesn't know who they are in this episode it's kind of like right you except you, for he absolutely does yeah he does like, he, he figures out kendra in about four seconds yeah um which but but again why is kendra going i don't know plot some stupid plot reason. Um, they said in the first episode of the show that it has to be either her or Carter that kills him. Otherwise, oh, he doesn't okay. stay dead. That makes sense. Um, so why don't they shoot him in the fucking head and then Kendra just goes and stabs him in the heart or something stupid like that? Uh, because I think the shot in the head would be considered a fatal blow and then it would... I don't know. Shoot him, shoot him in the you... dick then and then... <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't know. Plot force. Anyway, um... What I what I overall dig about the show, not necessarily this week's, um, but although he was good in it too, is uh, Wentworth Miller is ridiculous good at being Leonard Snart, aka Captain Cold. Like his character to me, like that's why I watch it every week. Yeah, I like Leonard Snart, uh, and I also really really like um, uh, Rory Williams, which is not his name; that's his name from Doctor Who. Right. But I, I really like Rip Hunter too. Um, he, he does a phenomenal job as Rip, um, which is. No, I wouldn't say a massive departure from his character in Doctor Who. No. I mean, obviously, time travel, time travel, you know, you kind of get that thing. But um, Rory was a lot more of like a pushover, you know, heart of gold, whereas Rip Hunter is just like Rip Hunter, colon, badass, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Colon, badass? 
Yeah, yeah, like the the two dots, not like the his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was just making sure because I, I was a little confused there, and I'm sitting right next to you. Yeah. Um, that's because you're too busy trying to violate a Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> she was dancing asshole. Um, is, is he going with the she? She was asking for it. Yes, yeah, probably. <laughs> that's that's his brother that gets all. Yeah, rapey, I was though. just gonna say Bryce isn't even here yet, and we're getting rapey. This is um, bad. Sam, you probably I I don't know if you recognize Wentworth Miller's name, but I mean obviously you're a Prison Break fan, so Michael Schofield. Yeah, the, the Prison Break. He's also been in a bunch of stuff. I. Uh, I like him because he sort of brings a gravitas to film to his roles when he does, and I, I like the seriousness that he has when he plays his his, his role in, in Legends of Tomorrow is Leonard Snart and he started it out in the Flash actually mm-hmm. is um there's a lot less of the happy Michael Schofield. Like yeah. he's very earnest as as Leonard Snart, but well, it, it works for the character, I think. So Well then he plays it well then because he does that kind of role yeah. excellently in anything I've ever seen him in. Such as an episode from season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where he played Shark Boy. Yes. Or a Shark Boy. <laughs> a Shark Boy. <laughs> I, I know everybody's, you've been telling me to watch Buffy forever, and I, I should, but now maybe I have to because I have to see uh, uh, Leonard Snart as here's, Shark here's Boy. Here's the thing, and you've drawn attention to this before. Buffy is extremely dated when you watch it, like because they use computers and whatnot, and that tech just doesn't hold up anymore. It, it's not just that, like, there's a lot of things that date Buffy pretty heavily, like the whole uh, sort of 90s Valley Girl aesthetic. Sarah Michelle Geller still being mildly attractive. Yeah. Um... <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. We apologize to Sarah Michelle Geller and her, you know, fans. I'm uh, drinking whiskey tonight. I think it's excusable, right? Yeah. <laughs> that that is true. If it's if you're both drunk, nobody it nobody can press charges. Um no, that's not how it works at all. Anyway, uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, so it's dated for, because of that, but the other thing that dates it pretty hard, heavily is 4 by 3 and that clearly Buffy yeah. was shot on a shoestring budget, because you can go back and watch something like Star Trek The Next Generation in 4 by 3 and um, partly it's the aesthetic that, that of that show, but it just holds up a lot better. Well, they've cleaned like, up Star Trek, too, a lot. Yeah, the so. fidelity of the original film, you know, that they, they, they're uh, processing it to is just so much better. Um Watching Buffy is kind of like watching the you know the old um, like you know two forty uh, blown up on a big. I have to think there's at least a market for remastering Buffy, right? There is. There there's gotta is. be. It's it's got a huge. Cult it's following. Joss Whedon. I mean, like, well, and not only that, they put it on Netflix for a while, and it was one of the high, highest. It's watched still there. Things. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, I know when it was originally released on a Netflix, it was one of the highest watched series on Netflix. I actually own it all on DVD, and what's weird about that is, I think. After season four in the DVDs, they actually go to um, widescreen instead of pan and scan. Yeah, but on the on Netflix, they don't. Like it's four by three the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it, it could also be that just Netflix got the shittiest version available, right? Because that happens sometimes. Netflix Netflix for whatever reason just does not get a decent copy of the show. Because I, I, season four of Buffy is also when they started season one of Angel, and Angel was widescreen format from the get-go but that was a fox venture and not a wb venture as well so i don't know interesting well and also the easiest to stream is what netflix is going to get first off anyway and well, so that's not always true though like a lot of like the netflix proper shows like um the marvel shows for example daredevil uh jessica jones those are solid like yeah um, well and that, those are mo- those are shows made directly by the netflix i'm talking when they receive the shows to yeah, be streamed they i don't think they i don't think that's a concern anymore though because ever since they realized that there's a market for people actually streaming their shit instead of like renting dvds and whatnot yeah 
um, they're kind of balls out. Like they they yeah. went super HD before anybody even had a super HD TV, really. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, um, I think the other thing too w- with Netflix is that uh, they focus like obviously for Netflix, that's a lot. They go through huge and huge amounts of bandwidth. Um, but I think the way that they focus on saving that bandwidth isn't through reducing the quality, but for, through better compression technologies. What do you think their hosting bills are like? Oh God, like they're they're uh, um, oh Jesus the Netflix. Okay, this is gonna get nerdy for a second. The net because we don't do that normally, right? <laughs> uh, the Netflix technology blog is like a super interesting place to go follow up if you're into that shit. But at some point, um, Netflix decided a while back to move all of their servers to AWS. So they're all completely virtualized now. So I, I just can't imagine how much money they're funneling into Amazon. Not to mention the fact that um, Netflix uh, has peering agreements and you know CDNs all over the place to help deliver their content in reasonable speeds. So um, yeah, I, uh, my guess is a fuck ton, like yeah. a lot, yeah, a lot. Um, Yikes. which is amazing because. Uh, Somehow they still manage to keep only charging us nine bucks a month or something like that. Yeah, it's like eight bucks for streaming. Like seven ninety nine, yeah. I think is is my bill. Yeah. yeah, and then if you add, I think it's what more than two screens, it goes out to twelve ninety nine. Yeah, we we Which have, still isn't bad. We no, have the secondary like fourteen or fifteen bucks for you know. You have four screens or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's all. But I mean, still fourteen or fifteen bucks, and the whole house can watch Netflix. Man, Netflix, if you want to sponsor the show, um, we're down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll 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 take some of the Netflix money and in, in return we'll say really good things about your product because well we're fucking doing that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we move off TV, yeah, I was actually reading an article about CBS and the WB or the C Dub word yeah. uh, recently, and it's like the decision for CBS to originally hold off doing crossovers between either the other two CW shows and Supergirl is even more stupid now that I know that CBS legitimately owns fifty percent of the CW. Really? Yeah, it's what CBS owns fifty percent. The other fifty percent is owned by Warner Brothers. It's a joint venture, like equal share. So the fact that they were just like, no, no, we're gonna do this on our own, and then our ratings are gonna be not any better than The Flash. Which, don't get me wrong, The Flash is an amazing show, and it's the highest rated show on the CW. But that's a low rating if you're talking one of the big four. So, well, and I don't it- get it. Like the decision making of that whole project just boggles my mind because as, as a network exec, like my whole point is I want to deliver people a show that they want to watch and I don't care how I get there. See, I think, I think it's pretty simple. Actually. I think it's uh the, this CBS saying like, Oh man, we're one of the big four. We don't need your stupid shitty little show. And now it turns out they kind of do. And then, 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 you know, five minutes later, they're like, Hey Grant, we'll suck your cock if you come on our show. And he was like, unnecessary, because I was already under Kara's skirt. <laughs> okay, that's not true. And Melissa Benoist, you're cute. It's... Yeah, I made all that up. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping I'm saying her name right, because I feel... Benoist, Benoist, Benoist. I don't know. It's I like was... Benoit, but there's an S in there, I was so I don't know say, how to... I want to say Benoit every single time. Like, I'm always like, Melissa Benoit. And she's probably like... That's not it. At yeah, all. I don't. I don't actually know how to say it. So I need. To, we're gonna have to watch more TV. Like, um, this is the downside of not having. Well, I don't know if it's a downside, but I don't have cables, so I don't watch like the morning news shows and shit like that, where you know the uh, celebrities and stuff would do their promotions and what have you. Um, so I, I don't get the whole. And here's you know whatever Melissa Benoit and whatever. Yeah, on live daytime with Kelly TV and show. Yeah, 
Melissa been moist. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Melissa been moist. Uh, uh, sorry, Supergirl. Yeah, we apologize. <laughs> unfortunately though this is not the most the worst thing we've said about the tv show no but it's not it's not her fault yeah poor the poor girl though could you imagine the shit she had to deal like, with she's like, perfect for that role for like the name though the name could you yeah. imagine the shit she had to go through in like say seventh grade yeah yeah i'm sorry yeah. no i gotcha i'm sorry <laughs> she's probably like sitting like having flashbacks well, she, i mean with that name this. she's probably canadian so she probably didn't have to go through anything yeah they're just like oh that's an interesting name eh Nah. Yeah. You yeah. guys, you guys want to talk about something Marvel? Yeah, we do. Uh, wait, 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 wait. We got one more. Did we? we got one more DC. Oh yeah, it's the a Flash. One. It's an easy one. Yeah, yeah, this one's super easy. The Flash season three confirmed. Confirmed. It's gonna happen. Uh, and from what Can I you read, this? so was Legends of Tomorrow was picked up as well. And pretty much all the hour-long content on the CW was renewed for another season. Even iZombie, because that show's been steadily declining over the last From year. what I read, uh, I think iZombie was actually the one that was left out. No, iZombie got picked up, too. It was? Because okay. the article I linked here actually is not specifically about The Flash. It's about I, the CW pickups. I know The Vampire Diaries has been declining, too. They picked that one up. They also picked up Supernatural again, which is in its like 12th season. Yeah. I think with both Vampire Diaries and Supernatural, it's because they have just enough people who will watch every fucking episode. I, I watch Supernatural still. I mean, I haven't watched this season. I'm only a few episodes in, but I have them all on my DVR still. So as soon as I actually have like half a chance, going to check it out. And yeah. I just started watching because a friend of mine, uh, she got me completely baked and I watched half the first season and I don't remember it so I had to go back and start over again and I'm thoroughly enjoying it now that I can remember see that shit. actually might be a game plan for me because uh, <laughs> I, what, I've the watched getting baked or the <laughs> getting baked and watching the first the first season because I, I you know it's the, the, the thing for me now is like the shows they get really super monster of the week like I just I, I'm so bored with that I'm so bored with that it's really hard for me to watch the first season like that it's not a bad show if you're down with like like that well, you know it's, it's all about not a bad the show mythology on and it it well, gets really good and that's that's the thing about Supernatural is it is definitely very episodic very monster of the week for the first two seasons once that, you start getting see, into season three and four then it's more serialized that's what Ashley said if I I just yeah. have to keep going like once you get past that like you'll you'll really like the show like for a while for her it was like one of those must watch like oh god I you know like she started watching it probably when season eight was actually airing. And around probably season four, it was like, I can't get through this fast enough. Like, she was watching it on Netflix, and she, you know, what are you doing, Ash? I'm watching Supernatural. What episode are you on? I don't know. They all just, it's been three <laughs> days. Get, plus, get me my pee bucket, you know. Plus, once once you get to, like, seasons eight, nine, and ten, um, Felicia Day plays a cute little lesbian hacker named Charlie, and she makes guest spots throughout those, right, nice. those seasons. Soul. Very nice. Now I just have to watch seven it's, seasons for that. And that's a lot like, and I find that the Monster of the Week thing kind of goes for the same thing. Buffy was that way for a while. Yeah. And Grimm's the same way. See, Grimm's one that I really love and I'm really into Buffy, myself. Buffy, though, to its credit, it does have Monster of the Week qualities, especially toward the beginning. But even at the beginning of the first season, like there's an overall story arc. Like there's, yeah. there's they, a definite beginning and end and a big bad of every season. They okay. do set that up a little bit in, in the beginning of Buffy, and I remember even watching the first few episodes. Like you could tend, you could tell that there's some overall theme for this season, but that that's uh, you know occupies five minutes of a forty-two minute episode or something like that. Grim, I tried watching. I watched. 
probably the first episode and yeah it was just like i'm like three episodes in and i can't i can't do it yeah same and i'm just saying you got to get to the second season of that one because it's, it's the same i started same. watching it because i was an extra in one of the episodes and so not to toot my own fucking acting horn here but this is why oh, i watch celebrity yeah, yeah just a little bit of a celebrity and um i, bet, I just found I bet that, that check cleared real quick too <laughs> Uh, the check for $186? Yes, it did. <laughs> Bonafide, ladies and gentlemen. Bonafide. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, and it, it got frustrating there during that first season. But the second season, it started to take off and lay the mythology down. And you had the background, and it became really interesting. And it's one of those things that I get together every week with a friend of mine, and we watch it. It's, yeah. one, it's like our strict thing. I can't watch it until we watch it together. Um, Does this friend happen to have a vagina? She's married with two kids. Not to me. Yes, she's got a vagina. I just, I mean, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. And now her husband is not allowing this opportunity anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he will. He'll just sit in between the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to say any names. <laughs> Um, God, I really Did hope. Come across? I, no, no. Yeah. no yeah. I, was, I was just gonna say, yeah. I really hope that came through on mic somehow. Um, I'll tune that way up. <laughs> well, it was funny because we actually thought about bringing her on to do one of the roundtables because either Sam couldn't make it one week under Bryce or something like that. So we yeah. actually had thought about bringing her in to, oh, really? to fill one of their she shoes. She is completely down, and I think that uh, not to just put this out there, but I think we should do a uh, Marvel Captain America: The Winter Soldier round table before we go Dude, see when civil does, war uh, civil war come out may 4th or 7th yeah. um i was gonna say we could do a captain we could definitely do the two captain america movies you kind of have to have the avengers in there too i think do you do you i mean i for me the avengers <laughs> I, I don't i don't think we actually have to well i think you have to have the avengers one if you're going to talk captain america's mcu story arc you have to have the first avengers movie well honestly all the plot points that lead into civil war are um ultron 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 cap uh winter soldier so um yeah, the monster of the week thing just grates. It it yeah. it's not, I just can't take it. But anyway, we were just you know we paused and went off mic there for a little bit. We were talking about some rumors coming up, and one of the rumors that I wanted to talk about was uh, the possibility. So we've already seen uh, in Arrow, we had many members of the Suicide Squad already. Deadshot, most notably. Yes. And then they killed him pretty unceremoniously. Yes. Uh, because they're going to make a Suicide Squad movie, and the the rumor here is that. There will be no Suicide Squad characters now available for TV in much the same way that we're not allowed to see, you know, Batman on TV right now because they don't want to take away from the cinematic universe. One of the rumors that keeps getting floated is the idea that they'll kill Barry Allen uh, so that uh, what that one dude who got really high on that show we did. Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller can do. Um, he was high on our show, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, he got really high, and then we talked about it on a show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it actually just sounds amazing when you put it that way. Yeah, yeah we talked true. about that guy getting high that high that one time. Um, anyway, Ezra Miller was uh, so that Ezra Miller can be the Flash full time and uh, and basically not be overshadowed or or shadowed at all really by Grant Gustin's Flash. So, what do we think the possibility of that actually happening is? I don't know. Uh, I think it's extremely likely, seeing the fact that DC's a big old bag of dicks when it comes to mixing their properties but at the same time the cw's flash is fairly popular this is this is what grates on my nerves between the two companies because marvel 
doesn't actually have control over all of their properties, but they're like, everything that we have, you can have it. Like, we're we're going to put it out there somehow, some way, shape, some form. Yeah. DC's like, we have complete control over all of our characters, but this guy can't be over here, and this guy can't be over here, and the president of CBS says that this guy can't be on Supergirl. Yep. It's retarded. Right. So... Um, no offense to anybody who's actually mentally disabled. Uh, yep. If, if, <laughs> if you were offended, I apologize. Go back to coloring now. Um, so... Well, and it, it, it creates confusion because I want to see The Flash, and I know The Flash is going to be in the Justice League movie, but the question is who? Because they're obviously not going to cross over with the guy from the CW the, who's doing a bang-up The Flash is job. actually going to be in Batman versus Superman. Yeah. yeah. The, and it's Ezra Miller. It's going to be Ezra Miller playing Barry Allen. Like, it's really no question. Like fucking helmet-looking thing because it looks like a helmet and not like part of the suit. I, I don't know that I've even seen the suit. Maybe I have, actually. I don't know. I'll have to Google that shit in a second. Anyway, when I get done talking or something, probably. Um, so, the only thing that I think leads lends any sort of credence to this theory, which, for the record, I think is not going to happen. I, I think that uh, Barry Allen, Grant Gustin as The Flash is just too popular. And even when Ezra Miller does The Flash, I could see a large contingent of people being kind of pissed off that he's not going to be as good of a Flash as Barry Allen. And when I say not as good, as I mean not some people's cup of tea, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so so to speak. So um, the only thing that lends any sort of credence to this at all is they're setting up Flash subs all over the place on the fl- on the show. Yeah, like like we've got Wally West, we've got you know all all of these different characters. We have got Jesse, Jesse Quick, Quick waiting in the wa- waiting in the wings. You know, um, if nothing, I mean those are certainly nice nods to the fan right now, fans right now. And I suppose if you want to get really pessimistic, you could say that they're doing that so that they can set up a replacement for Barry Allen. But I think that the CW Flash. Barry's just way too popular. Like I, I think Barry, Barry is one of the driving factors of that show, and it just wouldn't be the same show if they decided I, to switch. I'm not gonna lie. If they killed off Grant Gustin's character as Barry Allen, I would quit watching the show. See, now I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, well, okay, let's correct this. Right now, if that happened, if tomorrow they were like, "Oh, Wally West is the, the Flash, and ba- Barry Allen died a grisly death," yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Um, if we got to season eight and it was sort of like a Stargate SG one sort of thing. Okay. That'll give you. Maybe we could go that route, but we're nowhere near close to that yet. So, I mean, we've still got a few more years yet. We're not going to see Ezra until I think, uh, well, do we have a few years? Is it 2017 or 2018? It's next year that that, that Justice League is out. Justice yeah. League is out 2017. Wonder, we get Wonder Woman and Justice League both next year. Yep. Yeah, which we can talk about Wonder Woman 2 here because there's been some stuff released about who's going to be possibly in that one. Uh, Henry Cavill has dropped hints that he may be uh, a guest spot in that, which is weird because this movie is supposed to take place in like 1941. Yeah, on Thymascara, primarily. What I'm wondering, though, is if this movie is going to be shot very much a la Captain America, the first Avenger, where it... It's like primarily a flashback, but there's parts of it that are in present day. Yeah. So... Well, and w- were they going with the 1940s or were they going with the World War One era? Either way. Yeah. Like, you, you could be right. I, I just heard that it was... For- 41 was something that I'd read somewhere. I don't know if there's any credence to it, but... Yeah, that's an interesting angle. Um, I don't know. How did they get her to present day? Is, is Wonder Woman, like, uh, immortal? I don't remember. Yeah, I think that's pretty the much. angle Honestly, my Wonder Woman lore is pretty much limited to, like, Linda Carter. Yeah. <laughs> She's... Wonder Woman! Yeah. She's fairly immortal. I mean, she's, uh, well, they rebooted her in the new 52, which a lot of people didn't like, where she was the daughter of Zeus 
and uh, Queen Hippolyta of the Amazons. And but she's pretty much immortal from the standpoint that the Amazons have been around. Yeah, that forever. makes sense. I did know that she's like you know princess of goddesses and yeah. gods and goddesses yeah. and things um, like that. So this is an interesting side note too. Um, so and I've talked about this on the show before. I bought my my kids the Lego Dimensions game. Yeah, for Christmas. Word. And Natalie, um, the one who just assaulted us with a gun, it was Nerf. That's before we before we really have too many people calling cops or whatever. Yeah. It was a Nerf gun. Um, she got a Wonder Woman and Invisible Jet character set for that game. And anytime, like when you plug her into the game, it actually plays the 1970s Wonder Woman music. That's nice. amazing. It's, it's nice. pretty funny. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, this is a digression. Here's, yeah. Here's here's my point about the Wonder Woman movie. If it's going to be a period piece, um, Marvel can do that. And I don't, Marvel didn't really even know they could do that until they made Captain America. So for DC, who has a horrible track record when it comes to actually bringing their properties onto the big screen, to take a step like that, um, it can either be really good or it can be really, really, really terrible. Unless, See, I'd almost kind of lean towards making... Um, um, and you can do this, I think, with Wonder Woman a lot. Of, uh, don't make it period-based at all. It, like, we don't need to see what time, it, time frame it is at all. Like very similar to how Batman the animated series and even the show Gotham like they don't give you really any indication as to what when it is yeah, yeah I mean like if we're gonna do a Thermoscara story like if we're gonna do like a Wonder Woman versus the God yeah know, it's Thermos. all ancient Greekish stuff anyway so yeah we don't we don't need to know when that is and, and you know when it comes down to it Zack Schneider's jo- shown us exactly how good he is with this with uh what was that movie about the girls in the dream that were dancing do you remember Sucker Punch? Did yeah. you just make a reference to him being good at something in relation to that movie? No, yeah, I said I he showed us how good he was with that movie, which is not that good at all. I I watched Sucker Punch and I was I well, like if you're talking Zack okay. Snyder being good, like you can say Watchmen. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> um. So yeah, I have my reservations. I don't know. I, I, I'm looking like I really want to see this movie I, I, honestly like I'd really like to see Wonder Woman be a big deal again like uh, I, I, I was kind of disappointed when the uh, the Palaniki pilot didn't go forward the girl who is uh, I'm what's not, her name off of oh S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, yeah yeah but I know I, I really like having Mockingbird on S.H.I.E.L.D. though so yeah see so do I Um, and quite honestly like we I saw a test footage of her in the suit and it was terrible Plus, plus, um, and uh, obviously you've heard some of what that show was about. Like, this was not going to be a Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman TV series. This was going to be a Wonder Woman um, practices law by day. Yeah, for sure. Fights crime at night kind of a thing, which would have been really terrible. Yeah, it was. I have not heard that. I'm solely turned off just by the fact that the suit is basically like this pleather looking abomination. It was, well, okay, so I can speak to the suit too, and and it's excusable to an extent, but um, the producer, I can't remember his name, but he's the same guy that produces like successful women TV shows kind of a thing, which, Uh, again, don't get me wrong, I have no problem with women being successful and whatnot, but um, this would have been more like Ally McBeal. Is yeah. Wonder Woman kind of a thing? Wonderful. It's like the uh, what was the one with Jennifer Garner's alias type? Yeah. Uh, Drama involved with a little bit of butt kicking at some point in time in a episode. The suit though that she wore in that pilot was actually based off of a suit that DC Comics actually used for the Wonder Woman comic book series 
in the early 2000s, I want to say. Yeah, early um, 2000s. It wasn't a huge... It wasn't a popular decision by any means, but it... <clears throat> I, I didn't really necessarily have a problem with it. The idea much. was to go away from the skirt because... Yeah, there were... No, that doesn't bother me. Going away from the skirt is fine. Like, I really like the New 52 Wonder Woman. Like, the and no skirt there. Sometimes there is. Sometimes, no, but... I don't think it's a skirt. I think she just wears a... Like, it's, it's like, like a an unitard. armor. Yeah, I really like... Well, I, she also has an armor skirt type thing, but the similar... Like, the leather type armor, you know what I'm talking about? To, to be fair, my only... Uh, contact with Wonder Woman, New Fifty Two Wonder Woman has been through the Justice League book and not the actual Wonder Woman book, so same, I can't same. speak to that. But anyway, what I was going to say is like the, the that's not the problem. Like the oh, the design of the suit is not what I got. I took offense to. It's that it looks like a shitty cosplay. Like it looks yeah. like a shitty like Comic Con. Yeah. You know, sort of like actually for Comic Con, decent, decent at a Comic Con. Yeah, but shitty if you're going to be an actual if, superhero. If you've got an actual fucking budget for this shit, like. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That that was all in the show notes for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, sure. So let's move on to um, Marvel? Marvel. 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 Do we want to talk about Marvel? Okay. Uh, let's talk, are we going to talk let's about Marvel? Let's talk about the most anticipated news of the week, folks. Ooh, ooh. Marvel's Luke Cage will premiere on September. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're clipping. We're clipping. Yeah. <laughs> wow, bait and switch there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Luke Cage has a release date. Yeah, we're ooh. gonna we are gonna talk about that really fast. Are we gonna see more softcore porn? September thirtieth, Luke Cage. Um, I don't know. I gotta. I still have to finish Jessica Jones. I haven't finished it. I haven't finished it either. I really it. haven't like, got past the first episode where Luke here's, Cage here's is the thing about, on her. Here's the thing about Jessica Jones. Kilgrave. Like you watch the. I watched the show for Kilgrave. Like I didn't realize it at the time, but I was definitely watching the show for Kilgrave. Like Jessica Jones came across as a little flat to me. Um, you talking? Is that the Purple Man? Yeah. 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 Purple yeah, Man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So watch. Um. If nothing else, watch the show because uh, uh, the Purple Man is amazing in it. Well, it's Tenant, so yeah. I mean that's that's the only. Well, I mean Tenant's good, but the idea of the character, how they per- portrayed the character in the show, was phenomenal. Well, again, that's again that's kudos to them if that's the case too. And like I said, I haven't actually watched far enough to know. It, it was a little a, like a, a character with powers like that is really hard to do correctly. Yeah, so. it, was, it was a little like the Dark Knight for me. Like, um, like yeah, it's a Batman show. It's supposed to be a Batman movie, but man, the Joker is amazing. You know, yeah. like it's the same thing. Like, it's supposed to be Jessica Jones, and we'll see how season two turns out. But uh, it's supposed to be Jessica Jones, but man, Kilgrave is what made the show for me. Gotcha. No, I'll, I'll get I'll get caught up because the Daredevil's out in like what a week. Yeah, yeah, I think it's out like next week, yeah. next Friday. Yeah, next Friday, and I the Daredevil. Can't, oh God, I can't be more excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I am really looking really uh, looking forward to Daredevil, um, especially because one of the gripes that I had was that uh, the suit, the helmet, especially didn't look quite right to me, and I think they changed it. it looks different. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm looking forward to actually seeing like a full season of Daredevil in the, the suit. suit, rather like, than rather yeah. than him wearing a, a black actually Spandex Daredevil deal or whatever. Yeah, the black shirt and the black pants, leg warmers the, and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, they weren't leg warmers, but <laughs> I mean, well, no, they well, were like cargo also, pants I think or something. They but... nailed the casting for the Punisher. Yeah. Oh, Barenthal. Oh yeah. God, yes, we, John Barenthal. Uh, he was one of the reasons why I really liked the uh, the Walking Dead. That first, he's, first he's two smaller seasons. than I would have probably gone for as far as casting the but Punisher. He's got the but attitude. So is Charlie Cox as far as Daredevil's concerned too. So that's not really a yeah a, a huge issue. They didn't. They didn't really go. Um, this is one of the things that I like sort of about the Netflix adaptations, with the exception of Luke Cage. They didn't really necessarily go for the comic physique. 
like every comic book hero, you know, Daredevil to, you know, the, the only one I can think that's a notable exception is maybe Spider-Man, but everybody else is just jacked, like Olympic level, level swimmer slash bodybuilder uh, um, sort of physiques. Um, so I like that they went with, um, you know, more realistic actors. I, I like that you mentioned Spider-Man. I, I do you know, like that you mentioned Spider-Man. Because it's interesting. There was this other little thing that came out this week, uh, the, the Captain America Civil War trailer. The, the, the final trailer. That's right. Oh, you can have oh this one. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> where where to begin, Matt? Do you need Do you need the room? I might need the room. I'm just gonna whip my dick out real quick. Um, yeah, I got I watched this and I proceeded to force everybody that I knew that wanted to watch the movie to watch it with me again. So I've seen it probably about ten times. So here's the thing: I'm sitting at home uh, uh, Thursday morning, and Matt texts me. He's like, "Hey, did you see the new Civil War trailer?" And I was like, "No." And he's like, "You should watch it." And then, like, five seconds later, he's like, no, seriously, go watch it. And now. then, like, five seconds after that, he's like, no, right now, go watch it. <laughs> so, I watched it, and he's correct. I should have. <laughs> um, and then I made my wife watch it, and she was like, yeah, that looks pretty neat. And I was like, no. No, that's not... You don't even understand. <laughs> They've got um, the offshore and then, he, and then he was, like, walking toward her and knocking things that are about waist level over. Yeah. Um, and she saw his bulge, and she was like, no. And he was like... You don't understand. This isn't for you. Like yeah. <laughs> this isn't about you. Um, so, all right, let's let's not blow the lead here. So I think we already did that. Yeah. What what uh, what, what what's cool about the trailer here, guys? Actually, there's a lot of things that are cool about the trailer aside from even the end. Um, yeah. The you really get a better sense of what's happening um, as far as the accords are concerned, and and why Captain America and Iron Man are at odds with one another. You also kind of see a laying in a foundation for the possibility of the repercussions of such accord with the offshore uh, prison that was shown to us underneath the water. It was rising out of the water, things like that, a place to kind of cage these super types if they needed to be caged. Yeah, um, it, this is hard for me, too, because like from a political standpoint, like I'm totally team cap. Oh, not even a question. Um, but from a... Uh, genetic chromosomal standpoint like i'm pretty much on whatever side uh black widow is on (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think we all are on that one so her her character development throughout this movie is going to be important for me um and i'm really just kind of hoping they both lead me to the same spot but i'm not hopeful that that's actually going to happen so um yeah from a political standpoint like the way that we've seen these trailers so far i don't know how anybody's on iron man's side like, uh, I think it was a little less cut and dry in the actual Civil War book. But, like, from th- this standpoint, it's sort of like, here's the wrong choice and here's the right choice. Which one and do you they like? Were, you know? Tony, the, what, the way he's gone with it in the uh, in the trailer has been very in-your-face brash about it and almost to the point where it's they're trying to make you hate him, it seems to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, the comic book really kind of does a good job of that. And spoilers if you haven't read the comic book, but I'm going to kind of lay down the foundation and, and point out some of the key differences here. Um, in the comic book, it this was a much, much bigger event. In fact, I think it took place over like 110 issues of various Marvel comics. Like everything that was published by Marvel for this period of time was a tie-in to Civil War somehow. And you can go to comic books stores right now and you can find the the trade paperbacks and there's probably like 80 of them. And They're directly related. If you're really War. lucky, you might actually find a couple of the hardbound. Yeah. Uh, graphic novels of it because I, yeah. I have two of them but um 
honestly what it is 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 it's kind of um for years and years with the x-men the mutants have been fighting like registration programs and whatnot that's always been uh kind of a theme with the x-men this is the same thing only it, it's with the avengers and every other powered being on the face of the planet um not just a you guys have done a lot of damage and we need to control you this is a no if you have superpowers you must register even if you don't use your superpowers blah 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 and tony stark was all in favor of it in the comic books and it was just well and he was in favor of it because of that one incident where you see a group of superheroes who are filming this reality show go into a situation and end up killing a bunch of kids and like blowing up an entire city block and so there was this stark check of people with powers you know what do we do because this is something that shouldn't happen which i mean and, and, and i believe you find out over the course of things that um the mutant that actually caused all the destruction was actually jacked up on um mutant growth hormone um specifically for the purpose of creating mass devastation to like it was a setup by the government i think yeah i can't um, remember the exact but yeah so but, the the speculation that i've heard is that the um, reason that we might not hate uh, Iron Man so much in the movie is that um, Bucky killed his dad. Um, so uh, Bucky, of course, is the Winter Soldier, has been uh, uh, an assassin basically frozen and thought out long enough to kill people for the last 60 or something years like that. 70? Is it 70 something. now? Yeah. 70, something like that. Uh, 70 or so years now. <clears throat> and one theory that's been uh, put forward is that Bucky killed Howard Stark. Um, which, if so... God, I can't wait to see the repercussions on uh, um, Carter. Hopefully, that makes it that that event happens in Carter in some way. Um, <clears throat> not yet, not yet, definitely. <laughs> but um, that right there would be enough to like give me enough to at least feel bad for Tony. I'd still, you know, you know, like philosophically disagree with his position, but then I would I would at least understand the motivation from Tony's standpoint of like, okay, this is why we have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also that brings up a shot in the trailer in which there we're led to believe that uh, Bucky kills or at least severely injures uh, Rhodey Rhodes and shoots down the war machine. Yeah, there is a scene in the trailer that that is. I. Do you guys think he's really de- dead? No. I definitely. I don't do think not. he's dead, but I think it's part of the beginning that we. You know, I, I think it's meant to do just what you're saying, like sort of be a tug at the heartstrings sort of thing give a, a plausible reason for Iron Man getting super pissed off. Yeah. This is another reason why I think that the, a lot of the big shots that we're seeing at the beginning of the movie are, are, are at the beginning of the trailer. A lot of the big shots actually they're towards the end of the trailer are actually the beginning of the movie. Like I think the big superhero stuff in the beginning, like where they're going at each other on the um, uh, airport field thingy are going to end up being sort of the beginning of the movie and sort of the genesis of the fight between Cap and Iron Man. Yeah. And here's the thing. We don't actually probably have Tony Stark around for a ton longer. No, um, no. In the MCU. He's not going to be an actual Iron Man movie at all anymore. I think he's just got a couple appearances. Infinity War, I think, is is probably his next and last uh, appearance. So from Marvel's perspective uh, as well, like it kind of doesn't matter if everybody agrees with Tony Stark or if, if the general people, uh, you know, populace doesn't agree with Tony Stark because, um, a la Jimi Hendrix, they're going to burn him out fast rather than let him fade away. That's a good point. So, um, and on that other... same note, Chris Evans is almost done too, right? Yeah. Well, and, and I, here's the thing is I'm not sure how done done he is. Um, his contract is almost done. Yeah, he's going to be, <clears throat> this is, this is where I'm, cause there's, there's already speculation that he's going to die at the end of civil war. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which if that is the case, then it does follow suit with 
what happened in the aftermath of Civil War in the comics and whatnot, and where we see Bucky actually take up the mantle of Cap. Um, so it's not unrealistic for me to think that Bucky could actually be our Captain America for the Infinity War, at least part one, and not have Steve Rogers co- come back until part two. I could see that. Which I think that if they did that, if they did it in the right way, and I like the way the Russo brothers directed uh, the Winter Soldier. I thought that it was a masterful oh, movie. Th- this show has a total boner for the Winter Soldier. Like, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't believe. It, it's and first or second that, in the uh, Marvel Universe, yeah. I think. I think it's first for me. Because uh, it, it takes me back... <laughs> <laughs> to like the really good like the spy movies from like the 80s and 90s and it just adds in the superhero stuff and it's got that slow burn but at the same time it speeds up so much in it, certain spots it's amazing it, it has me. everything that was good about like um james bond casino royale yes it, it's got that feel to it only it'd be it's comic books it's characters that i'm actually more uh committed to than james bond you know what i yeah. mean like it's it just has like total like manchurian project kind of a, yeah. a thing so manchurian candidate three days candidate, of the, yeah. uh three days of the condor all these classic spy movies mixed in with the the marvel characters and i i couldn't get enough of it it's the i've probably seen that one more just because i like to rewatch it every now and then i get in trouble because I'll, I'll i watch a lot of phase two actually which is weird because one of the worst movies in phase two is thor the dark world um and it's not even it's a bad movie it's just i can't ever follow it Never, and uh but but then i watch captain america yeah and i'm like okay and you watch guardians of the galaxy guardians is another like that's and i don't want to say guilty pleasure because that movie is just so fucking good like it's fun too it's good i i know we're just we're getting into like a commercial for the second phase but i i think it's important to like look at how much fun that movie is and how good captain america the winter soldier is to like gauge our expectations for this third one that's coming out yeah and and to eddie's point which i mean he hasn't really spoken in the last five minutes but, <laughs> but to his point as far as arguably it's the best one his his choice over anything else is the the first avengers movie and i can i actually can, i, I iron arguably, man. i'd have a really hard time actually between picking between the avengers, three huh? yeah. iron man avengers and captain america winter soldier actually i think probably i'd fall on the side of captain america as well it's just hard to um each of the three are so special like um, Iron Man of course launching the franchise Avengers of course being this sort of genesis for this new age of um, comic books on the screen Um, Avengers like no fucking question Avengers is the only reason we're getting Batman versus Superman in two weeks yeah Yeah. well and here's the thing we don't have the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we have without Favreau bucking what Marvel wanted to do and doing taking a chance on Downey Jr. Yeah. Like yeah. that's and that's that's all John Favreau. Like and like Favreau kind of pointed the way and said, "Hey, this can be done and it doesn't have to be with a conventional star cuz uh there was a story put out, I don't remember how long ago, but Tom Cruise was in the talks to be Iron Man, and one of the things that he wanted is he Holy wanted Holy shit, that would be terrible. He wanted the helmet to be translucent so you could see his face. So it would have been just like Oblivion. Pretty much. I'd have nope the fuck out of there. Like I'd have, like we sit down and they put on the Iron Man helmet and it's translucent. Like I'd have been like nope, and then peace, like done. Yeah, that would have been a lot like me watching the Angley Hulk. Yeah, Ugh. but um, <laughs> see, no, the, the Angley Hulk is a little bit different because you fall asleep and then you sort of wake up and it's still on, and then you and fall then asleep eventually again. he becomes a Hulk, and then you wake up and oh now he's the Hulk. That's cool. And then you wake up again and you're like, what the fuck is that poodle doing? Why is it so big? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think that the point, to go to your point of, because I, I agree with you, I think Iron Man is great. 
Iron Man is one of my favorites. Winter Soldier is probably my favorite, but Iron Man is up there. They took casting risks after Downey Jr. paid off. Because Mark Ruffalo is this guy who's been in romantic rom-coms and crap like that for most of his career, and he's not necessarily, hey, Bruce Banner or even superhero type. Yeah, but let's not forget there was Ed Norton, and that was yeah. post-Tony Stark even, so yeah. they didn't do that, which honestly wasn't a bad call. Um, but I, and it's weird, because if you actually look at Iron Man and Incredible Hulk, you can see a distinct difference between those movies and the rest of the MCU. Yes. And it's because... Avi Arad was still an executive producer on those two movies because uh, he he executive produced everything that had the Marvel banner on it up until um, Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 was the first one that was uh, all phage. Yeah. That might actually not be the best thing for phage. No, but actually <laughs> Iron Man 2 and whether you like the movie or you don't, um, the whole aspect of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, introduced Black Widow like it had the same feel to it that much of the rest of the MCU has now. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. Whether or not the story was actually decent. Yeah, the big problem with Iron Man Two was the story was a little weak, and it was a little bit more of it like a pre Avengers advertise advertisement than it really necessarily should have been. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I love Mickey Rourke. Yeah, I actually liked his Whiplash. I thought that was um, pretty good, but I didn't like how they used him. Like I didn't yeah. like how they used him at all. Like his, he did a good job, especially the Russian accent and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we're never. He wants this a is, parrot. That's for fucking. This sure. is this is a guilty pleasure of mine. I will sit down and watch Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man anytime it's on. <laughs> <laughs> because him and Don Johnson are so fucking like that. That is like like the one of the better buddy cop style movies that I've yeah. ever seen. Even though the story is completely fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I love that movie. And I, every time I see Mickey Rourke in something like that's what I want to see. Yeah. and I've never been. Never I've never in. gotten it again. Although the wrestler, great the fucking movie. The wrestler's amazing. Not not the Mickey Rourke that I'm used to and that I want to see, but like a great fucking movie. Yeah. Well, and even uh, Sin City, the first one when he played Marv, I liked like, him as Marv. He was really good as Marv, and I think he really fit what Robert Rodriguez was doing there. And yeah, I liked him as Whiplash. I thought that uh, Iron Man Two was just kind of that pivot point of going from a single movie into multiple movies and bringing in everything to kind of make us aware. Yeah. I just thought it was a little ham fisted the way that they, they, they did it. But anyway, it definitely it is. We're and still talking about the civil war trailer. Yeah. Cause we haven't even gotten to the money shot yet. We haven't even gotten halfway yeah. there. We're not even, we're, we've, so, we've, we're, we're about, we're about first knuckle deep here. We get, um, we get a little bit more black Panther than we've seen. And it's one. amazing. Which is all I know. So I know that I know yeah. we're leading up to the big reveal here, but the black Panther reveal, um, and, and what they were showing in the black, panther in there is almost way better so um yeah we get to see a lot of him in this trailer a lot more than than we've seen in previous trailers here's the thing about the black panther character in this particular incarnation of civil war is um they actually moved him into the role that another character had in the comic books um being on team stark and whatnot um and then i'm not sure because well at the time they weren't going to be able to have spider-man in it because they hadn't worked out their deal with sony and whatnot yep. so um so he kind of fills. I think there's the like Spider Man. The like, Spider Man. He fills role. the Peter Parker role in it. I think it, at least that was the original thing. I don't know yet though how how much of that they use now that they actually do have Tom Holland, good old Webhead. Yeah. So that 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 of course is the penultimate shot. Um, uh, F- Spider Man 
of course underoos underoos yeah underoos <laughs> iron man you know standing face to face with captain america and and his side of the team says hey underoos it's your turn and or something like along those and then lines. all of a sudden you see Whip. Yep. You see the web just take away the shield. Dude. His hands go together. Hey, Cat's everyone. hands are bound yeah. together. And it's he lands. Spider-Man with the shield. That's... It, oh, it was amazing. See, we talked about this last the, week because yes, we were... Yes, we, we did. So, Sam, I don't... You, you said you bought a lot of comics lately, yeah. but you haven't read much of them? Yeah. Um, Spider-Man, issues, number, issues one and two. Uh-huh. And I'm not talking Amazing Spider-Man or Spider-Man 2099 or anything like that. It's yeah. just called Spider-Man. Um, the new reboot from like three, four months ago? From like last month. Okay. Yeah, um, Miles Morales is Spider-Man. It's, it's actually Miles Morales. This is a okay. Miles Morales book, only he's now in the same universe as everybody else because of the Secret Wars. Okay. Whatnot. Um, super good book, and there's actually, you get to see Miles Morales, Spider-Man, with the Captain America shield. and which, Nice. This is another some, something that somebody called out. Um, Jessica Drew, rather recently, has also gotten to hold the shield. Yeah, so it's just the week for the spider people to get Cap's shield. Like he, he's it's like he loses his keys like every couple of minutes. He's like, oh, where did my shield go? And one of the spider people show up, and they're like, to be fair though, in the comics right now, Captain Captain America is Sam Wilson, and yeah. like if it was, I gotta believe if it was Steve Rogers, ain't nobody getting that shield. Yeah, but but anyways, uh, to the shot of Spider Man. Oh my lord, when he landed, I was taken back to the cartoon days. Uh, Spider-Man. The the outfit was see just amazing. this is this is like it doesn't matter what we've seen on screen before with with Spider-Man in terms of movies and whatnot. Like this is like the classic spider suit. Yes, and they kept it under wraps until this this particular thing. Like this is the first time I think we've seen a shot of Spider-Man in the suit. I'm gonna take a little bit of a contrarian view here. Uh, um, first off, do not misunderstand. I'm so excited for Spider-Man in the MCU. Like, I am so happy that this is going to be a thing and going to be a thing soon. Um, but I was a little meh. Like, first off, it, it is totally awesome that he comes in and steals the shield the way he does. Like, that's the perfect way to introduce Spider-Man. I liked how they did that in the trailer. Um, I don't think that's what we're going to see as far as his actual introduction in the movie. Um, I think the Underoos story is going to be more interesting. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we, hopefully we get the Underoos story. Yeah. but maybe, uh, maybe Tony starts swinging for the other side. Maybe Spider-Man's a little, you know, fruity in the pants. You had to go there? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I was a little underwhelmed by the suit, It's except for the eyes. Thank fuck we're finally seeing the eyes. The eyes uh, look amazing. Um, but I was a little underwhelmed for the suit. Like, I, I really think Amazing Spider-Man 2 is probably the pinnacle of here. here's the Spider-Man suit on the screen so far. Well, But, and- sorry, one more. I also think that there's a possibility that we're seeing a really rough cut uh, um, CGI-wise of what Spider-Man's actually going to look like in the movie. And then the final thing... Sorry, one more. One more. Uh, the it, final thing... It can't thing, be that rough, dude. The movie comes out, like, in months. I'm just saying. He's itching, though. I, I, I don't want to interrupt. Well, and but do you really think Spider-Man's <laughs> going to play that huge of a part in the movie? I'm hoping it's bigger than what we see in the trailer. I'm yes. hoping so, too. But the other thing, too, was that the... Uh, hey, everyone, sort of... Hey, hey guys. Hey, guys. It, it, it didn't... I think he actually says, hey, everyone. But there, the way yeah. that it came... Like, the line, the line did not... It delivered the right way would have been amazing, but the way it was delivered was kind of like, uh, I hope this was just oh, like dude. a trailer dub sort of like... You got to go back to the Spider-Man cartoon. It was straight out of Saturday morning. 
straight up. Like, I mean, the, I get what you're saying about the suit. There needs it, to no, be a little bit more definition of the, the lines on the there. The acting, the no, I'm for the line at least. I'm talking about the acting. The acting is kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. It definitely is. De- okay, so here's the thing. That line was obviously not recorded as the scene was shot like that was no, that was see that's loop. what i'm saying if it was like a bad dub and we get something completely you know better in the movie um that's great but that so, line was intended for one purpose only it was that classic spider-man the spider-man cartoon is to draw those people in and say this is what you wanted take a look at what you got uh i don't hate anything about it I, I mean, I think I think you're probably oh, hate, right. I think that not hate, I think the delivery I think the delivery of that line was a little flat for what it was meant to do. Um, and this is just me being an armchair director. Uh, because you have so much experience directing movies. That's why I'm an armchair director. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he tells me to click buttons. I do. I can't do. <laughs> Drop a marker. Yeah. <laughs> I have to piss. Drop it now. Um. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's that's the big the big Marvel news for the week is we got the the final Civil War trailer and we do get to see Spider Man in it and I think it's what everybody's been waiting to see, um, whether or not it's what people have been waiting to see, it's what they were waiting to see. Uh, oh, dude, it's totally what we're waiting to see. Like, um, it, uh, first off, if I, how many times are we gonna say first off this episode? Anyway, a lot. Once you I hear, have you at once, 10 you, so once far. you hear, it's like whatnot. <laughs> it's like Kevin Smith and whatnot. Um, anyway. When you hear um, watch the Civil War trailer, it's just amazing. Like the, the this movie looks really good. Like I think I think this movie has the potential to be up there with uh, Winter Soldier. Uh, um, I'm really really super looking forward to it. Uh, and if nothing alone, like this movie doesn't need Spider Man whatsoever. This no. movie doesn't need him to appear in any shape or form. But the fact that he's gonna just like it turns it up to eleven for me. Here's the thing: it does. It does need Spider Man. And this is this has been my point since I first heard that they were doing Civil War as a movie. I was like, well, how are they going to do it? They don't have Spider-Man. Mm. And so I think it needs Spider-Man for the for the simple fact that even if he's not playing the same role that he did in the comic books, like he's there. I'm not the only one that was like, well, how are they going to do it without Spider-Man? Yeah, you know what I mean. So he needs to be there just just so that we can be like, oh, they got Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's it's that purest point of view, and it's one of those ones which I can look at and I agree with totally. But at the same time, from the stuff that we were seeing about it coming out before we knew that Tom Holland was going to be in it, it looked like it was going to be phenomenal. I, I, w- I was really energized by it. And I think that putting Spider-Man in it, it's going to be another one of those pivot points to propel us even further and to propel that Marvel Universe even further. And I'm s- super, super hard for it. All right, everybody, we're going to grab another beer and we'll be back with the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we're back. Um, the unfortunate aspect of listening to us versus other podcasts is I don't have somebody to bring my beer to me, so I got to go at my own. <laughs> Seriously, Reebok, if you're listening, we need Reebok money to uh, get somebody to at least let me hire a cocktail waitress. Yeah, and Bryce uh, isn't here yet, so that we're... doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell him to wear the thing? Huh? Did you tell him to wear the thing? Like he has to wear a little nice. Oh, like, that cute little dress. apron and the, yeah, the little skirt. Yeah. He's got a little black skirt now. He looks like he could have nice legs. You ever seen him in baseball pants? It was a big thing in high school, from what I understand. Oh, interesting. 
Well, now I have. I've seen it because I've gone to watch him play games. Now and whatnot, I've got. But... Now I've got plans for the week. Yeah, hmm. he'd probably put them on. I don't know if you guys have practice. I think he would <laughs> model them. <laughs> he, oh yeah, he would. I haven't played uh, since I tore my or pulled my oblique muscle. He's been uh, he's been experimenting with the um, high socks the last oh, couple I seasons. So love the high socks. So um, I'm having the Mazama Brewing Company's uh, Mosaic Eruption IPA. It's tasty stuff. So Mazama actually has two IPAs uh, in the Eruption line. One of them is just called Hoppy Eruption, um, and it I I drank it first and it was super good. Um, and then I was talking to a girl that I work with, and her um, husband boyfriend. They're not actually like technically married, but they've been together for eons and whatnot. This is important for the story, folks. Um, he works for Mazama, <laughs> and so she was like, "So I'm not really into IPAs, but I understand that if you dig the Hoppy Eruption, like a lot of people really like the Mosaic better." Um, but mosaic hops, people either like or they don't. Um, it's because it's a hoppy beer. Like yeah. this is sort of the dividing line. It's like, do you like hoppy beers or don't you? Well, I mean, the mosaic hop itself has a different character than a lot of other hops do. And so, if you like mosaic hops, you're generally probably gonna like anything with mosaic hops. And if you don't, then you're not. So, but I really do. Um, I, I really dig that one in particular. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I don't want to classify too much or spend too long on it, but it does have a nice flavor. Like, and I do like hoppy beers. Like, my stomach doesn't necessarily like them as much as I do, but I really like the you know the good hoppy IPA flavor. So, and I I am drinking Lagunitas Undercover Investigation Shutdown Ale, um, which I've had before, and this is probably the closest to big beer that I that I will come to drinking um, because um, I don't know if anybody's aware of this, but Lagunitas was purchased by Heineken last year. Really? Yeah. But, but oh man you know what's funny is like uh the only thing i know about lagunitas is that like they sponsor this american life all the time right and um you know they always say that you know like uh um it's privately or not privately owned but um publicly owned or employee owned or something like that yeah you know putting the pub in public is their slogan or something along those lines now now they're just like yeah well at least it's not heineken heineken bought them for like a billion dollars wow that's interesting um, Here's the thing I have a, I, like I have mixed feelings on that because um, they're technically not microbrew anymore because yeah. because they're owned by a multi-billion-dollar company and whatnot. Um, but Heineken is one of the few holdouts that has refused to sell to Anheuser Busch and Bev over the course of the last 10, 20 years or whatnot. Um, and so I kind of don't mind because I don't look at it. I mean, it is a buyout, but I don't look at it as much of a buyout as I look at it as a couple breweries that aren't as big as InBev kind of banding together to stay to the like for longevity see and i don't necessarily make that distinction like i, I don't mind um you know so that a technicality of yeah it's not a microbrew in that um it's being produced in massive quantities probably but they're not necessarily losing anything from that i think yeah but see then you have um on the other side of that coin and best wise InBev purchased uh two pacific northwest microbreweries uh particularly large ones last year in 10 barrel uh and elysian and uh they plan on opening a 10 barrel brew pub in san diego like in like stone territory and whatnot and so from the perspective of this is not actually a microbrew being opened in a microbrew community this is a big corporate sponsored corporate owned thing trying to move in and take sales from other actual microbrew pubs and so from that perspective there is a distinction that's a good point um which uh i, I can't remember what magazine i read it in either because magazines are stupid and i don't ever pay attention to the name of them 
but uh Greg Cook, the the CEO and founder of Stone, actually gave a really good interview about that dude, particular thing. Dude, are we gonna have to do like a a uh, beer turf wars show? We should Maybe. do that. Maybe. Like I'll read about it. This sounds interesting. Yeah. You know what I thought of? And this, this sounds is, like a Netflix documentary. Actually, this is, like this here's, is com- here's Anheuser Busch being complete douchebags to these tiny little startups. This is completely completely off subject uh, to everything. Um, but as we've talked about before on the show, I'm a stupid nerd when it comes to wrestling, and I like to watch all the old stuff that I watched when I was younger and whatnot, like the Monday Night Wars <laughs> between WCW and WWF. For sure. Yeah. And uh, what I think would be really cool is if we ever actually had time to do a show like this is to watch the Monday Night Wars from when like WCW Nitro first started. Oh, God. Watch both WCW Nitro and WWF Raw, and then do a podcast as if it were real time. Ooh, like that would be fun. Not even, not even pretending like we're like, oh yeah, we watched this old episode. Just act like it was the first time we'd ever seen it. And be like, can you believe Lex Luger was on Nitro? <laughs> we have to cut this out, so it's a surprise. I know. I'm gonna this just in case. Um, okay, so we're gonna finish up the show with some comic book stuff. Um, yeah, all we have is comic books now. I think. Yeah. So um, the first thing is, is we're not going to talk about it, but. Um, Sam's read the first two issues and I've read all three that are out right now. So before we actually sit down and record next to talk about comic books, you have to read the Dark Knight 3, whatever issues are are available. Yes. I keep forgetting that's one of the books I'm supposed to read. I'm sorry. I am a bad whatever co-host. Um, Sam's read the first two. I've read all three and you've read none. So we can't really talk about it. That yeah, It's good. We can just put it to you that way. You'll enjoy it. Like where, where are we at? So like, like uh, the Dark Knight is like up here. Uh, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. That's that's like up here. That's like right. top. Yeah. And then the Dark Knight Two is like somewhere below my dick and asshole. Yeah. 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 So Dark Knight Three, I'm gonna put like it's pretty up there. Like yeah. I like it a lot. Okay. All right. It's not as high up as the Dark Knight Returns, but it's it is. I mean, Sam better. Sam used probably the better term that uh, about the Dark Knight Strikes Again that I've heard, and that is it was really pandering. Yeah. It was very pandering. Oh like, yeah. And not to mention they recycled plot points from the first one and they weren't really that far apart i don't think i no, don't know for they sure they were but... pretty much the exact same story which was ugh. um ugh. but the dark knight 3 is actually it it builds off of some of the events that happened in the dark knight strikes again but it's just told in a in a in a much better way plus again i'm not a i'm not the biggest frank miller art fan mhm yeah um, i like his writing quite a bit his art i could take her to leave it and so the the Dark Knight Three actually isn't all Frank Miller art. Like he, there's other artists that contribute and all makes right. for a much more fleshed out comic book, in my opinion. All right, so saga. Since we're not talking about that, let's talk about Saga. Yeah, let's talk about Saga. Um, so this week, um, I read issues eleven through fifteen of Saga. Okay, so you guys started at the beginning. Then. Um, he's he's read he read one through fourteen a long time ago, and I think just recently picked it back up, right? Yeah, they took a break, and I kind of uh, when they took a break, I took a break too, and then I kind of forgot about it until because I've read the paper, the uh, the trade paperbacks, and so I I really enjoy Saga uh, from a lot of different viewpoints. I like the art for one. I think it's a it's a big departure from a lot of different types of art that we see. I think we've talked about this in the show too, but I freaking love the art. Uh, Fiona yeah. Staples is is amazing. Yeah, yeah, and I, she cares she cares about the about what she's doing. Um, this, this is a super good, um, super good book, actually. Uh, I believe it's issue 11. 
Marco's dad ends up dying. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, on aboard the ship, he just dies. Um, and so like a lot of the issues kind of take place, um, under the assumption that he's, he's pretty depressed and whatnot. And they end up, fuck, there's more, there's more, um, robot in it. There's more Prince robot, the fourth in, in the, in these issues than there has been in the, in the previous few issues as well. Uh, dealing with him following a hunch and going to the planet where the writer of that book was and whatnot. In fact, actually that's where 11 starts is he gets there and the old man's like, no, I just wrote that piece of shit to get a payday. Cause I owed my ex-wife money and whatnot. Um, but then they end up in a gun battle and, and it ends up you, yeah. like Prince robot kind of pulls up a chair and he's like, well, I'm just going to wait for these fuckers to show up. Only he doesn't know they're already in there and they're upstairs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then issue 12 actually picks up before those events happen. It actually shows how they, they get to this point. Slightly off. It's uh 12, 12 is where he, he does the standoff. 13 is where it shows the background. Okay. Sorry. I mean, close when you, enough. when you hammer out five issues at a time, like it's, it's really yeah, hard it for me. It blurs to together for the, the, yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I really like about, uh, this portion of saga is not only are you getting this, it's really a well thought out story, but you're also seeing a lot of the conflict displayed in Prince robots view screen with a bunch of different little things which it's usually me, porn yeah it's usually porn which is great <laughs> it, but at the same time like i i like the way they show some of his emotions through that even though it is you know well no not even though but because it's porn probably um we also kind of meet some intrepid tabloid reporters for the first time yeah um throughout these these few issues um which is kind of a neat subplot and everything uh you meet um Oh God! Here we go again with the forgetting of the names. The hot wing chick. What's her name? The hot wing chick. Oh Lord. Marco's Marco's woman. The, Ilana. Ilana. Yeah. Ilana. So you meet Ilana's stepmom. Yeah. Who was also her like best friend in school and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so that, <laughs> that's kind of a really funny. Yeah. That's, like this is another thing that's that that is uh, typically saga like, um, in the way that they sort of transpose sort of these um idea you know like american weird ideas like i don't know real life ideas uh, essentially it's weird because you go from an issue where like you've got a giant troll with his nutsack hanging out yeah (laughs) and then like the next thing is you're in a you're you're on this planet that's kind of a shithole that's enveloped in smoke and it's just this dude living in a lighthouse and then you meet a lot of stepmom and it's in like suburbia yeah. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like that that's what's so saga about this is that like there's a lot of aspects like that like where um you you have this sort of fantastic universe with these you know weird creatures and interesting you know things and then a second later you're like here's suburbia and here's you know an analogy for reality tv and you know yeah and then you're on the whore planet you know the, the yeah the whore planet oh and here's the thing i also figured this out so last week when we couldn't remember anybody's name yeah um, I don't actually feel bad for not remembering Slave Girl's name because her name until like issue 13 or 14 is Slave Girl. They don't actually call her Sophie until <laughs> until you get further it's into the book. Perfect. Yeah. Um, slave Girl for a long time. Yeah, which is which is a good segue into the, the subplot with the will um, because they're on a planet that, I mean, for all intents and purposes, is kind of paradise and whatnot, him and Gwendolyn and shit. And then yeah. he starts seeing the stock be like, so just stop worrying about your contract just stay here like 
you've got this kid now that you could take care of. Like it's a nice, it's a nice planet. You could, you could make a life here. Um, you could bang Gwendolyn cause she's yeah. into it. And then he tries to kiss her and she punches him and whatnot. And that was funny. Um, but then like, as you get into it, issue 15, um, you, you realize actually that there's something in the natural vegetation there that causes hallucinations and whatnot, because Sophie goes a little off the fucking deep end and uh, stabs the will in the neck, and that's where that issue ends. Is he's laying there Which in a puddle was of his own an blood? Epic ending. If you, yeah. Oh my god, it was epic. Yeah. Uh, issue 15 is also one of the best opening scenes of any comic book I've ever seen, which uh, Eddie posted a, a screenshot of this actually on, on the Whatever Show Twitter, I think. Yep. Or maybe it was his Twitter. I don't remember. Somewhere on Twitter. Um, Just search Twitter. It's on there. But it's this, it's it's uh, Duchess Robot. Yeah. Like standing in front of a giant corpse of a dinosaur or something like that. And she was just like, Can somebody get this pile of shit out of the way. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm remembering it now. It's it's and the the reason he posted this on Twitter too was just he was like this is probably one of the most saga moments yeah. in comic books. Like this is this is what makes saga great right here in one one shot, one frame. Yeah. It's either that or the big giant troll with his nuts hanging out. <laughs> nuts and dick. It wasn't even just like Yeah, it was not just nuts. It was nuts and dick. Just, just the twig all, and the berries. Yeah, yeah. Just right there. Boom. So another funny thing too is like you get a little bit more in depth into the character of Alana and her relationship with Marco and stuff because after the Marco kind of snaps out of his funk after his dad died and whatnot, um, he pisses her off because he keeps talking about well maybe we should get jobs and like she gets really upset about the idea because a they're fugitives and whatnot and b like the whole reason they're on this planet is because they read this book from this author that was basically just like hey you should do stuff that makes you happy. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, I don't want to fucking get a job. <laughs> he chases her out and like they're meet up on the beach and she's like, take off your pants. I want to suck your cock. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then they kind of talk back and forth for a minute. And then you see like the old man that wrote the book and Marco's mom, like looking out the window and binoculars. And she's like, is she praying? Nope. That's not what she's doing. <laughs> what's, what's brilliant about that is it's not him that answers that it's the narrator which is of course their grown child yeah yeah yeah, yeah my mom was not praying <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah saga saga is fantastic just read read saga read more saga so that's where we're at uh with saga spawn 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 really good issues of spawn in this um there's the are... One through fifteen. We're eleven. We're eleven through fifteen. Is 11 what we're doing 15. this this particular show. Um, issue eleven was written by Frank Miller. Yep. Um, only problem with this issue, from my perspective, is that this issue didn't follow in suit with the rest of the issues that were written by guest writers. In fact, this issue almost just kind of presumed that those issues didn't happen. He just wakes up in the alley. A little bit, yeah. Dude's been dead for I don't know how many issues and whatnot, and he just wakes up in the alley and he's like, "Hey, look, here I am." Yeah, did, which uh, which issue did they kind of kill him in? Uh, issue nine. Yeah, uh, and then they so, do some weird shit for like ten, which is the issue that I did not like. Um, and then issue eleven, she's like, "Yep, yeah, never mind." Yeah, that it, was a little jarring. I like, I kept waiting for them to come back to that in some way and be like, "Oh yeah, this is how that issue how twelve kind of answered that a little bit when Todd actually came back to writing." Um, in the like, it had been previously dead and blah blah blah, but he just kind of glossed over it. Like there was no. 
hard answer for how he's not dead now or anything like that. See, I thought when they were talking about that, I thought they were talking about like Al Simmons's death, not like the the death is spawn in in that uh, issue nine. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, they were just like, never mind. But it Guest did writers, huh? <laughs> it, yeah, it did kind of set up um, the. Uh, did this one? Is this the one where they talked about Sam and Twitch being on uh, probation? I think they were on desk duty until the investigation about uh, Billy Kincaid was was over and whatnot. Um, ye, it's in this area. Somewhere, gang war, yes. gang war between the nerds and the geeks, or whatever. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. 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 It was very Frank Miller. This one is Boomer. Like uh, this is Spawn fighting Boomer. I think this is the Rob Liefeld one. Oh, um, speaking of Liefeld, um, in Spawn number 12, uh huh. did you catch the references to uh, Bedrock from the Youngbloods and, and Hanna-Barbera? Sort of, yes. That that was actually poking fun at the fact that um, Hanna-Barbera actually kind of, through legal means, insisted that uh, Liefeld changed Bedrock's name to Badrock because they didn't want people associating his character with, with the town that the Flintstones grew up in. <laughs> and so they they kind of said just that in, in some of the, the dialogue of the comic book. Um, in fact, I think it's on that page right there. At the bottom, the, the fashion reporter guy talks about it. Yeah. We've received word the agency handling Youngblood's very own Bedrock has run into some legal slangs with animators Hanna-Barbera of her name use rights. Yes, um, and then at the at the end of the, I did the, not catch that. Yeah, at the or, end I mean, of the I issue. didn't catch that as an in joke. I caught that as a you know, okay. It's no, that's funny. a total in joke. Um, and then even funnier too, because at the end of this this particular issue, Spawn and the bums in the alley are all drunk and singing the the, the Flintstones theme yeah. song. When you're with the Flintstones. Um, <laughs> yeah, they sure are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, there's another reference kind of similar to it in one of the one of the next upcoming issues to uh, actually one of the, the first chapel issue which um, chapel is kind of awesome because they make they call him bedrock and he's like bedrock like <laughs> <laughs> that 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 I definitely did yeah so um, some some funny insider stuff uh, written in there um, ultimately though this story arc um, or, or these these five issues the the main gist of it is Spawn actually kind of finally figures out who killed him in real life. Yeah. Like before he died in the first place, um, figures out it was his friend Chapel. And so he goes and finds Chapel and then um, permanently scars him in his face, makes his as face all skeleton looking. As, as you do. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you do. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. Uh, I think the Violator issue was in this one too. This is um, okay. So the Chapel issue leads up to thirteen. That's I mean that is thirteen. That's the Chapel issue. Um, before we get into the meat and potatoes of uh, fourteen and fifteen, there's also the Terry Fitzgerald subplot, which is the agency has figured out that he's investigating Al's murder. Yep. Um, and so they kind of go and make not so veiled threats uh, not, to not, Terry. And, I don't know. Wanda veiled. Yeah. Very direct threats. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Like the kind that has you sitting in bed sweating for 45 minutes after you get off the phone. Yeah, yeah. those kinds. Um, and then we meet, actually, um, a character that plays kind of a recurring role um, throughout this. We've already met the Violator, but we actually get to see med- uh, Medieval Spawn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Medieval Spawn is awesome. Yeah. Um, 
and basically you're told the story it's the violator clown who's been stripped of his powers he he's now stuck permanently in clown form uh telling some alley rats the story and they don't even want to listen to it but he finally he pays him money to sit there and listen to his story and the funny thing and and this has got to be a hard way to write a comic book especially if you're the artist and the writer is you're writing one story because the violator is just outright lying about yeah. how the, the events of the story went and you're drawing a completely different story like almost the complete opposite of what the story I is loved these issues yeah these issues were amazing for exactly what you're talking about like the violator clown is telling the story about how he's the gallant hero in the story fighting the um the medieval spawn essentially and how he's the dark gotta, wizard yeah the dark wizard he's got to go save the town from the dark wizard and he's got to and and the dark wizard's mother the witch um that's the story that that the, the violator clown is telling what actually is happening on the page is that um, none of that's true. It's complete bullshit, and the 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 spawn is actually protecting the city from the violator clown. Violator clown is in the background, like eating the hearts of children and things like that, um, while telling this story about how he's this valiant hero. You know, like you know, I had him on the ropes. He says as like he's getting it. You know, his ass kicked. Yeah, just the whole fist right up there, sort of. You know, like getting just completely owned. Um, so I really love the way that this, this is this, these sets of issues were told. Yeah. And it, it actually, um, this is, we, we see medieval spawn actually kind of throughout, uh, especially the first 50 issues of spawn. Um, and, uh, it, he's an important character actually as, as, as you go on, um, he becomes more important actually, uh, which I won't get into until we actually hit those, those issues. But, uh, the evil witch mother of the dark wizard, um, according to the violators story is actually in reality um, the fair maiden that medieval spawn would like the hand of someday um, she's never seen him without his costume and that actually kind of plays a big role in it too because uh, he has to teleport out of his costume and the violator tries to incinerate him alive yep and then she sees his his actual form which very much like al simmons he's just kind of a pile of scars and whatnot yeah uh, and totally Hideous, rejects him. Ugly, <laughs> totally terrible scars. Yeah, yeah. She's kind of like, oh, I didn't realize you were ugly, and then leave me alone. The hell and then out. she ran away. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of funny too because he, the Violator Clown actually, um, in probably the only honest portion of the story, talks about how he's actually the inspiration for the first dragons that were told about in in uh, Western civilization. Yeah, that part's yeah. pretty badass. I thought. Yeah, I, I liked like it. That. It's one of those. Uh, it's been God almost 15 20 years since i read this book but i i distinctly remember the medieval spawn issue as being one of those spawn issues that i it this is one that i cherish it's one of my favorite ones like i like the spawn the early spawn books i kind of lost track of spawn after probably 30 or 40 issues but this is one of those ones that always stuck in my mind as a great story told both through that visual medium but also the the, the the flat out lies of the violator and it just added to his character and it made it such a better better story so because i'm such a nerd i actually kind of started skimming through the letter section at the back of some of these and yeah. reading some of the letters and whatnot and one of them was actually like a it was a letter written by a very devout christian um who enjoyed the book but was just kind of like but as a Christian, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he was kind of pointing out some of the differences and stuff like that. And Todd McFarlane's answer, like, and his answers to his letters are actually kind of really um, just on point. Like, yeah. he doesn't really beat around the bush a lot and stuff like that. And he's like, all right, first of all, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't believe in God at all. 
And so when I write this kind of stuff, I'm not trying to be factually correct or biblically correct or, or anything like that. He's like, I'm just trying to tell a good story um, and use something that a lot of people know about or can empathize with like religion and stuff like that. Like, and he talks about Rob Liefeld being a, a weekly church goer, but still enjoying spawn for what it is, not for what he thinks it should be or, yeah. or anything like yeah. that. So it's, it's, it's fun. If you get a chance to read some of them, like Todd McFarlane, when it came to printing letters, um, printed as many letters of people bashing him as he did of people liking him. All right, so Spawn 11 through 15, um, we were just talking about the Violator Clown. Uh, medieval Spawn. Medieval yeah. Spawn. Um, so we're really starting to, we're going to, um, and I'm just kind of giving people a heads up because I've, I've read through um, these issues years past and whatnot, um, not recently, and so I'm going to continue to reread and stuff like that, but we are heading into territory that's going to get more in-depth with Sam and Twitch, the two detectives, um, which are really, really fun characters. Uh, later on um also the very next issue issue 16 is not written um or drawn by mcfarlane at all we actually get the first issue that's um drawn by capullo um and it's written by grant morrison um and the reason why and we'll actually probably read these books as well or the this book i don't remember how many issues it was or if it was just one trade um but it's because mcfarlane is actually busy writing spawn batman which at this particular juncture spawn batman was a great great book i really enjoyed it so we'll have to throw that in there and actually talk about it when we reach that Dude. that point in the timeline as well yeah i need that uh, i'm pretty sure it's on the server yeah and if you don't have it i can get it i've got a copy of it somewhere i think it's at my dad's house i am going to read that yeah okay so i think that about wraps up the show for this week yeah yes yes yeah Thanks for having me on. I really, I had a good, yeah. good time. Um, so let's let's do this. Um, the next time, and I don't know when the next time Sam's going to be down, but we can actually, like, I'm sure if we asked you, you could just come on the show sometime, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So let's plan on having Sam on, on the show um, here in a couple of weeks and talk about the overall run of um, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo on Batman. Ooh. okay yeah that means because, i gotta finish it off then because he's a few issues behind us and whatnot and he actually more than anybody else i know him and bryce are probably some of the bigger batman comic book fans that i know out there so it would be it would be kind of cool to have them come on the show um or at least one or the other um sam probably can speak to the actual batman batman comic more than anybody else besides us so i think it would be kind of cool um to do maybe issues one through 52 we don't have to talk about every issue individually obviously but just like the story arcs and whatnot yeah yeah because we can talk we can split it up into things like uh there's in game and stuff like that there's year one court of owls court of owls Um, which the court of owls is a family phenomenal Uh, oh my god those span actually several issues of different comics as well but i mean the overall story arcs are are primarily batman related um but i think it would be kind of cool to get a a good idea of of just the snyder run as and leading into the uh rebirth yeah do they know who is going to be replacing snyder yet no that i mean i don't know for sure that they that they know um i i know that the writing was under kind of some scrutiny because when they first did the announcement for rebirth and stuff they actually did not have any writers listed as who was going to be involved obviously jeff johns is going to be involved in some capacity because he's the chief creative officer 
mm-hmm. of DC and whatnot. But aside from that, um, oh, and Ethan Van Shiver, Skiver, whatever, however you say his name, mm-hmm. um, he did the art for both uh, the Flash Rebirth, Green Lantern Rebirth, and Green Lantern for quite a while. Um, Ooh, that actually could be good. I like I like the art. There. He's he's going to be doing some stuff. He actually just renewed his contract with DC right before they announced the the DC Rebirth. So, and I really like the artwork that he did for. I, I'm not much of a Green Lantern reader, but the artwork that he was doing for the New Fifty Two is really yeah. Good. He does he does really good stuff. Yeah. So, um, let's let's plan on doing that in the future. Um, also, we kind of threw around some ideas during the course of the show. Um, this is. I, I do think a Captain America slash maybe Iron Man. I don't know. It depends on how much time we have. Uh, rewatch roundtable type of thing. Could I, be cool. I think it can't hurt. That that would be a, a couple of shows, obviously. Yeah, yeah I, I think we'd want to dedicate a show for each each of those movies that we decided to do. Um, and actually, the reason the show has been so chaotic and it's going to be an editing challenge for uh, Mr. Smith over here is that we've kind of been waiting for our other guest to arrive. Bryce, Bryce is here and following the close of this show we are going to be sitting down and round table discussing man of steel because yeah. we are set to go watch batman versus superman in how many weeks two two what it's spanish bitch sorry all right, everybody, that's the show for this week. Uh, if you like us, um, which God help you if you do, you can find us on uh, Twitter at whatever you show. Um, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash whatever show. You can email your questions and comments and so on to questions at whatever.co. And you can do the best thing for us right now, which is either share us with your friends, tell everybody you can about us, or um, uh, give us a review on iTunes. Give yeah. us that good iTunes juice. And here's the thing, guys. We've seen the traffic now. We know that people listen. So just yeah, both go, of you, just go please. fucking leave a review or something. Yeah. <laughs> the next review we're going to get is like, this show's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're always asking me to do stuff. I don't yeah. like it. I hate this. Why do I keep doing this to I myself? I just like to listen. I don't want to say anything. Yeah. All right. Bye. All right, later. <laughs>